Hi, everybody. I'm Shar, and I want to welcome you to the Blonde and Strong podcast. This is a podcast of strength and empowerment. Each episode is dedicated to helping our listeners improve their health, well-being, to learn, grow, and unlock their strength from the inside out. I felt called to create this podcast to give a platform for inspirational guests to share their knowledge, experience, strength, and hope to empower other people, to prove it's possible not only to survive, but to thrive. If even one person finds strength and hope as a result of this podcast, then it will all be worth it. Our growth is our own responsibility and no one can do the work for us, but I truly believe we're stronger together. So welcome. Welcome to episode five of the Blonde and Strong podcast. Today's guest is Caroline Darcy. She's my dear friend, sexologist, coach, all-round badass. We're going to absolutely rock your world today. Welcome. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm going to just ease you in nice and gently before we get down to the real juicy stuff, okay? Um, (laughs) Keep me up. I'm full play. I love it. <laughs> yeah, full play. Of course. Yeah. Of course. We can't just go like straight in. Dry. No, you go in dry. never go in dry. Never go in dry. <laughs> yeah, that's a good rule. We got to wet it up first. So we're going to just go in nice and easy with a little game of this or that that I play with all of my guests. I should have maybe made it a little saucier for you. This is going to be a little bit more straightforward. So you just have to like play along. Okay, ready? So yeah. just the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Dogs or cats? Cats. Phone call or text? Phone call. Beach or mountains? Oh, beach. Coffee or tea? Coffee. God. <laughs> this is how we bond is over coffee. Yeah, I was like, uh, what? what? What's, what's that other thing called? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing, just so you know, there's nothing sexy about tea. <laughs> but there is everything orgasmic about coffee that is like exactly. how i roll there we go <laughs> exactly. okay city or countryside mm. oh god i'm a city girl at the moment i'm a city girl at the moment um but i have limits if i've been in the city for too long i'm like like out i need space so how are you yeah. coping with lockdown then in the city well, it's really, well, I'm, I've really landed on my feet here, um, like, because I'm living um, south, uh, southwest, so south, and everyone, not everybody knows, I'll start with that, so I moved to London, so I've been bouncing around kind of the world and the UK for the last couple of years doing what I'm doing, and so much stuff was calling me to London, workshops, events, loads of like amazing things happening um, down here. So I made the decision to set up for the first time having a base anywhere for a very long time um, in London. And I moved here the week before lockdown. So I have driven past the city twice and I've seen it from Richmond Park. So I'm not far from Richmond Park. It's a beautiful area. Fortunately, there's plenty of parks. There's, I mean... I'm quite happy wherever, but it does not feel like I'm in London at the moment. So it's it's definitely been an experience. Well, Richmond's a lovely place anyway. I think I could, I'm not a big fan of the city and I would struggle to live in London, but I could definitely live in Richmond. It's really cute. Oh God, yeah, it's, it's definitely the, it's just that right balance. It's got that, I love that 
have well as <laughs> for those of us that don't know me and you tend to spend most of our time together in coffee shops so us <laughs> actually speaking online is is a new thing <laughs> it is, but, but we'll i brought that. my coffee because you it have. wouldn't be right without it you know what I've, i'm on my limit for coffee already today so i thought i better not because otherwise i'll be speaking at a million miles an hour and no one will understand a word i say so but yeah it was um yeah there's plenty of coffee shops there's plenty of places just to get out and like like enough in the area but uh, again like london's half an hour away which is epic and i'm very excited for the city to start waking up soon <laughs> good okay um winter or summer Oh, oh my God. Summer. Connection or isolation? Oh my God, connection. Jesus. <laughs> bath or shower? Uh, bath. Uh, IQ or EQ? Oh, EQ. Love or money? Love. Uh, depth or width? Oh, width. <laughs> Oh, or would you rather be right? That was meant to be a. <laughs> that was meant to be like a connection question. Oh, okay. Uh, a Willy connect. <laughs> like, okay, yes. Yeah, still connection, technically. Still a connection. <laughs> I know. I just said connection. It's always going to go here. It's always going to go here. So. Okay. And then would you rather be right or happy? Happy. Okay. That's it's it. We did it. I am learning hard at the moment. <laughs> Oh, it is. It's tough, isn't it? Oh my God, the the uh, the competitive nature in me and that fear of being wrong and the fear of being rejected and fear of all of that type of stuff that comes up with that is yeah. But sometimes I am learning that I'm not always right, and I'm learning to hold that. And yeah, as you can tell, it's a really comfortable experience for me. <laughs> But I think today in particular, what we really want to slam about is just really debunking all of those BS myths around sex and relationships and that sexual energy of masculine and feminine, how it portrays itself in society today and how it plays out in our relationships, whether that be at work, whether it be in romantic relationships with our families and friends, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's it, you know, touching on that again, just, I mean, as, as per, as per usual, we're going to dive in. It's like that masculine and feminine side of things is now for me, it's exactly that understanding how our bodies work, myth busting all the bullshit that is around sex and relationships, particularly around women's bodies, because that's, that's where my career started of actually training and understanding, um, how our bodies actually work is the first thing that's always the first step because actually figuring out what the, la the lack of education we've had around sex around like pleasure around everything to do with female sexuality causes so much fear shame and secrecy yeah. that we don't have that connection to our innate sexual energy and yeah. um, once we've then learned that now for me sexual energy is creative energy it is our life force it is that thing that wants that all right i'll start with especially because i know that we've got a really wide audience with this as well is that when i'm talking about sexual energy yes i can be talking about the woo-woo shit and i'll we will go down the the rabbit hole with the spirituality side of things but for me it's really understanding it's that thing that makes you feel really fucking good 
So I always use the example of um, Ross from Friends. So when we're talking about energy, especially when we're, if you're in like the fitness world, um, like the health world, you often like have this, and don't get me wrong, it's super important, you know, things like sleep, circadian rhythms, like the type of food you're eating, the type of movement that you're doing, all of that sort of stuff is what we are, correctly so, gives us energy. But then we have this other side to it as well. And that is that connection to our turn on, our sexual energy, our life force, our, our drive, everything that is within us from an energetic perspective. But again, it feels, it, when I first started down this journey, it felt quite out there a bit too, as I say, woo-woo for me. And then I remember seeing the episode of Friends and it was like, I think it's like episode two on um, series two or season two. And it's when Ross first hooks up with Julie. So it's the second person he's ever slept with. It's his girlfriend from China or that he met in China. And there's all that to and fro and of Rachel's in love with him and she's trying to get in the way. And like, there's this big build up to him finally having sex with Julie. And obviously it's like PG, so we don't actually see any of the good stuff, but it cuts for the next day. And he is literally skipping down the road. He is literally, and he skips past these two like New York Yankee ladies and they're like, um, oh my God, someone got some last night. And he skips past and he's like, twice. <laughs> and it's like, that's what I'm talking about with sexual energy. Because generally, especially with those sorts of experiences, when we've had that amazing connection with someone with, or whether that's an amazing connection with ourselves, you know, if it's a new partner, I don't know about you, but I never sleep particularly well when I've got, like when it's a new person or a new place or something like that, you've probably been up a little bit later. You might not have been like on your normal bedtime routine and, you know, turning down lights and turning the electronics off at half nine and getting a hot shower and all these things that we yeah. do. Yeah. We don't yeah. do that with a new partner. Um, and, you know, you might've had a glass of wine or three, you know, it's all of the things that don't give us energy and like detract from us, but we're on top of the world the next day. And that's what we're talking about when it comes to sexual energy. It's understanding that there is something within us that, you know, for me, um, it is that connection to my higher self. And that's how I relate to it. The connection to the universe, all of that side of things. But even if that's too heady for you, it's that going, hang on, there is something that when I am feeling really good, when I am connected and when I'm having really good sex, I feel on top of the world. And that's the energy that we're talking about from there. So brilliant. I love it. So understanding that's there is crucial. And understanding that isn't just about hooking up with someone else. It's something that's available to us. And that's when we then get into the real fun start of playing with the flavors of it, of are we going to be like, we're, we're, we're all masculine and feminine. We've all got both sides of it. And it's just understanding what that, almost like that mode is giving us and where where are getting we're getting our strength and what mode that we're most comfortable in and stripping back again going back to the start of all oh, the bullshit around what being feminine is what being masculine is because for me feminine when i've started is being weak it's being um it, to me that it was always weak weakness i'm going to be taken advantage of or it's like super girly or super you know got to walk around in flowery dresses and things like that all the time have you ever seen me in a flowery dress <laughs> you know it's that thing of going it, and then on the other side you've got that masculine energy which is 
perceived as being aggressive and always like like power hungry and always needing more and it's these conflicts and this the I say literal bullshit of what these things are it just blocks us and gets in the way of us tapping into that energy and when we're tapped into that energy that's when we get to connect to other human beings in the most amazing way so. Totally, totally agree. And actually, I'm really excited to get into that side of it because what I've experienced and some of the conversations I've had with um, some of the professional people that I know who are coaching in this sort of thing at the moment is one of the biggest problems that we're running into, I think, in society at the moment is men being afraid to stand strong in their masculine energy and really asserting that and women being afraid to stand in their feminine uh energy in fear that they're going to be bulldozed and not get what they deserve or what they want because they're Mm going to be perceived as weak like what you were saying whereas for me i mean could get real controversial but you know people talk about equality Mm. but in masculine and feminine it is not about equality it's about equity it's about Mm -hmm that you bring different things to the table, different gifts, different talents, different energies. And, you know, in that yin and yang energy source, you know, you need a masculine, you need a feminine for it to all come together and work in perfect harmony. If you get two masculine energies trying to relate to one another, you're going to have conflict. You're not going to be able to resolve things the same because you're approaching it exactly the same way with your own agendas you know if you're both coming in with that feminine energy again you're going to have the same thing because there's just going to be feelings all over the place there's going to be emotions just getting still everywhere you know you need that in fact i was listening re-listening to the jordan peterson book the 12 rules of Mm. life you know and and he talks about it really eloquently in there about that concept of masculine and feminine the masculine being the order and the feminine being the chaos, but that without each other, life can't exist. You need the chaos to bring the order and you need the order to bring the chaos. Like they they perfectly complement one another. Masculine and feminine energy perfectly complement one another. But what I see at the moment is a bunch of people afraid to stand strong in either one and they're just all confused doing both all the time in the wrong places usually yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's fine if i'm you know i'm i'm quite a feminine woman i go into work but my work is very you know can be very masculine uh i need to have a masculine energy at work mm-hmm. to be a boss and to get things done and to strategize and to plan and mm-hmm. you know manage and all of those things and and that's great cuz i can go in and do that but if i'm like that at work and then I come home and my partner is here and he's a man and he's got masculine energy and I walk in the door and I'm like, right, what are we doing? We need to do this, 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 you know, and I've still got my masculine head on. I mean, that's going to get me nowhere except mm-hmm. into an argument and him telling me to shut the, you know, and get out. <laughs> and what, that's not going to work, right? I still, yeah. I have to somehow be able to drop back into that feminine energy mm-hmm so that that relationship can and that dynamic can work and that can be a very uh difficult dance that can be a very tricky thing to do and sometimes i need a real deload like a commute home 
listening to something half an hour when I walk in the door to take myself away and kind of recenter myself back into that real like femininity so that I can then approach things differently. And, uh, and I, I've seen it with men really struggling, um, again, very masculine, but then they're getting told all the time that, you know, women are their equals and that women should be doing, you know, and women are desperate to have their say and their place in the world and to be, you know, paid and rightly so being paid what they're worth, what their value is, but Mm -hmm. almost like I see men almost afraid. They're almost Mm -hmm. afraid to be a man. They're afraid to have that masculine energy and let it shine through around a woman in case he gets like torn down for being a misogynistic pig who like, (laughs) you know, is sexist and blah, blah, blah. And it's sad to me. It's sad to me to see men wanting oh, well, I'm not going to chase after a woman because like women want to be men. They can chase after me. Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. any real woman isn't going to chase after a man. So that's okay. But it's sad to see really good men, men who I know are decent, wonderful men, almost switch off their masculinity in fear of what a woman's response is going to be to that. And I think they'd be really pleasantly surprised if they just led with, with what, they truly are it's kind of scary yeah it's a hundred percent and i think if you look at the and this is what we talked about from the bullshit myths around masculine and feminine and that's the i mean brandy brown's done some beautiful work on like explaining what the um perception of masculine is and it is that like you know it's that oh it's all around um what book is it it's daring greatly and she talks about it in an amazingly articulate detail um of you know that femininity we feel like to be feminine we've got to be kind of like weak and passive and like we're judged on how we look and how what our relationship status is and you know if we're in a marriage or we're a good enough mother and all they're the things like like the size of our body and the our marital status and how good a parent we are is actually more important than anything else and that's that's what that feminine perception is and rightly so we don't want to get involved in that and rightly so we don't want to have to um fit slip into some 40s households um where we're completely passive and we have no opinions and we were 100 reliant on the income of another person it's 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 that which we're rejecting but until we have them and it's the same for the masculine it's like yeah we've got guys that are being brought up and you know predominantly been brought up by women of going yeah, exactly. I want to be the good guy and this is the model of this and this is the model of that and I don't actually fit into either of these and I'm just confused well there's not but always not- a dad there the dad could either be out working or it's a single you know just because people don't stay together the way that they used to so we have men be like you said being brought up by women with no male role model or the male role model that they have is either out working all the time so they don't have that like one-to-one quality time where they're teaching their son what it is to be a masculine man how to treat women how to provide how to protect how to do all of those sorts of things um and it's kind of being left to to a woman and then you do have basically what turns into two men like two masculine energies in a house or like it's just so confusing 
it's and it's that understanding and taking it back to your first comment about equality and it is something that i have i really couldn't get my head around for such a long time i was like i know what equal means to me and it you know it's that perception that it's the same and that mean we have to be the same in everything and it's like well for me um it's the most simple thing just helped everything click into place and it's like equal doesn't mean the same in the same way 10 plus well 10 plus 10 is 20 i'm going to get the maths right here but also is 15 plus 5 which is also 13 plus 7 we've got all sorts of different variants that are like equally powerful it's just and again this is going back to that sexual energy i'll always take it back to the section sexual energy of like we've all got this innate power source that's within us none of us have been taught how to generate it or how to use it and we only really think it's something that happens when we're like hooking up with someone else or like playing with a toy or watching porn or something like that but we've got this innate energy that's already within us and then it's almost exactly the same as you have on a battery it's like sometimes it's going to be the positive charge and sometimes it's the negative charge and if you have two positives, it ain't going to work. And if it's two negatives, it ain't going to work. So yeah. it's then if we're looking at it from a relational perspective, it's like a relationship perspective. It's well, where am I most comfortable? What am I, what do I actually really, really want out of life? So my background was absolutely 10 years in corporate health and safety, working for some really heavy masculine energy places. Like, you know, it was really even to the point where as a, salesperson well top performing salesperson responsible for two-thirds of the turnover of the company um employee of the year all of this stuff i was still like you know put the kettle on pet it was still that dynamic there and actually really going that that was my experience and then when i'd be going out and dating and i'm really attracted to dominant guys guys that are exceptional at what they're doing you know really strong guys all of this kind of very masculine kind of guy and then I rock up matching the same energy and I'd like wonder why it wouldn't ever go anywhere. Or I'd just like, we'd, we'd end up having these awesome conversations about like CrossFit or like, like competitiveness and like, it was like bro kind of conversations. And it was like, well, yeah, they, they were epic and they were enjoyable, but it wasn't creating a attraction or it was kind of creating a level of attraction, which was like, oh yeah, maybe we can hook up, but it's not really going to go anywhere. Or one of us would get friend zoned and all this type of stuff. And it was that yeah. like utter confusion of I'm doing everything I should be doing here. I'm successful. I'm like, I was a good looking, I was, <laughs> still am, fingers crossed. I was, I was hot. I was successful. I, I was driven. I was motivated. I was all of this stuff. I was good crack. And it was just still this utter confusion of why I couldn't relate to people on that were on the level of the person that I'm attracted to. And this is so much of the work that I do with women of going, especially that are in, you know, lawyers, doctors, business owners, we're all, we've all got our shit together. We are all like boss bitches. We all work hard. We've all got this um, independence that we and this is where it gets really good fun of like this like i don't need a man i just want a man and this is the thing is when we are in that energy we don't ever with the only guys that we're going to attract in or the not even guys but the other, the only type of people we're then going to attract in from a relationship perspective are going to be the people who are 
either feminine energy where it's that you know creative beautiful um free-flowing passive but not passive in a weak way just going yeah happy to be led all that type of stuff which at the end of the day if we're actually that's not really what we're attracted to or it's going to be the guys that are uh, the peter pan types who are not willing to step up and like take care of someone or barely able to take care of themselves and it's like you just end up in these with these dynamics that it just doesn't seem to work yeah and then it's that point where i'm going well how do you identify what your energy is because even as a as um, a woman if you've got a vulva all of that type of stuff it doesn't necessarily mean that feminine energy is absolutely your most comfortable place no it might be that you're more comfortable being masculine the majority tend to be and it's tied into like estrogen production it's tied into you know our cultural environment all sorts of different things so we tend to be and i tend to work with women who are um more feminine energy because that's what will be attracted that was what i will attract in with my own energy but it's that understanding then that if you're not sure look at who you're actually attracted to you know are you like looking at your tom hardy's or your miss like um Oh God, what's the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey? Mr. Grey? Yeah, Mr. Christian Grey. Christian Grey types. You know, are you who are you who are you actually fantasizing about? Who do you actually really want when you see yourself? And what's what's that dynamic like? And if it is a masculine type, that is telling you that you need to be to be that you need to be more in your feminine. And yeah. it is that dance that which we I'm, get to start playing with. Yeah, which for me I just see as some women naturally do it very easily i think a lot of it comes down to conditioning childhood how you're brought up um how your needs are met or not met when you're younger um how you start to develop them as you get older if you are in a more masculine role at work it tends to be a little bit more especially if you have to fight your way to the top in quite a masculine um, dominated industry. I always worked, I've worked in construction. I've worked in health and fitness. I've worked Mm. in, you know, but every, every single um, industry I've worked in has been super male dominated. And um, Mm. part of me has had to, you know, work hard, prove myself, be manly at work. But then at the same time, what I realized as I got older was it wasn't me pretending to be a man that got me where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It was actually me having that masculine drive, but being able to tap into my femininity at the right times to be able to work well with those men and be able to get them to do what I needed them to do. I was never going to get into a pissing contest with them. That was never going to work, right? Because I don't have a dick and I'm not going to be able to piss as far as they are. So it was like I had to find another way. So it was almost like I can go in with my drive and my determination and my intelligence and and get stuff done. And Mm -hmm. that wins me respect. But if I want them to actually work with me and do something with me, I also have to appeal to (laughs) to their masculine nature, you know, and I have to come in from a more feminine level and you get a way better result that way because they actually want to help you they want to work with you you're easier to work with and you see it don't you you know the ball buster the woman that's in like the ball buster with the 
you know, and she dresses like a man and she acts like a man and she's overly aggressive to try and compensate for the fact that she, you know, has a vagina and none of that is necessary to be fair. Like I've never found any of that necessary, but I understand where that comes from and why some women feel the need to do that. And we were talking about that concept of equality and equity and things. And it's really interesting because the actual definition for equality is treating everyone the same, mm-hmm. right? That is the actual like textbook dictionary definition of equality mm-hmm. is to treat everyone the same. Whereas to treat people with equity is to give everyone what they need to be successful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful definition. I know which I would prefer. I know Mm -hmm. what my gifts and talents are and what I bring to the table. And I would want Mm -hmm. someone to approach me and give me whatever I need to be successful. And I would want to do the same for other people. Mm -hmm. Once you start treating everybody the same, everything turns to shit because no one is the Mm -hmm. same. Everybody is different, whether they're masculine, feminine, male, female, trans, whatever, (laughs) it doesn't matter, right? We're all different. So that's for me why I find equality a little bit of an interesting one. It's one that I feel people latch on to for a fight and it's not something that I just have a different view on it. And like, let's have it right. Those are actual dictionary definitions for those. I haven't just made those up from some like spiritual place in the cosmos. That is the actual dictionary definition of those terms. So I feel like they get a little misconstrued. Now, you mentioned something really interesting, which I think actually illustrates visually very well about masculine feminine energy within a relationship. Okay. So like bearing, if we take it away from like your day-to-day interaction, you're just talking it from a purely sexual nature mm-hmm. as to why masculine on masculine energy doesn't work and feminine on feminine energy doesn't work and why you need a combination of the two in any given situation. In a sexual situation, if you have two partners who want to be the dominant person in a sexual interaction, you could, you get nothing but a punch up, right? I mean, like <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere. I can't imagine that sex being very good unless you get really aroused by having a brawl and an all out fight. Like you, the whole point is you have one more dominant, one more submissive. That's the whole like rub of it. And it doesn't matter whether you're both women, whether you're both men, whether it's male and female, like it doesn't really matter. There's one that's more dominant, one that's more submissive. That's what makes the dance work, right? One leads, one follows. It's that. And I think the the words that we use can be really challenging for people. Like, don't get me wrong. If we're talking date dominant and submissive, there's going to be a good two thirds of the population that are going to be, oh my God, that's really hot. That's going to turn me on. And that feels really good. But those words can be quite triggering and challenging for people because you don't feel like you want to be, you might not feel comfortable being submissive. Yeah. If you take it the step back, I mean, I mean, there are the caveats with, you know, if you do get to, again, going into the BDSM world, you do get two doms hooking up. It can be really, really hot, but it's not necessarily sustainable. And as you say, eventually someone's going to give in or 
or get hurt. hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that they've just said that. Oh, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to. I'm going to. That was too far. It was too far. You can talk. We can talk about that afterwards. <laughs> it's that point of going. Well, let's not like like skip. Let's not go even with the, the dominant and submissive stuff. Let's just talk about giving and receiving. If you've got two presents, like if someone's like it's like you're trying both of you are trying to give, no one's receiving at the same time. So yeah. you've got that whole like you're right. You know, you're right. Like, you've got me. It's the giving and receiving. I went straight in like Dom sub. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's not wrong. It's there. But even just that basic understanding of you know, human beings can't do two things at once. Eat like I'll hold my hand up. Like I am full feminine woman energy, all that shit. I can't multitask. No one can actually multitask. All you're doing is giving your attention to two little things at the same time. So if you're in a position, whatever your favorite position is, is of, oh, I'm going to um, constantly give pleasure to please somebody and that other person is not receiving it, it's like a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. And it's that understanding that there's going to be points where there is someone who is giving and there's going to be someone who's receiving. Absolutely. You can't really do both at the same time. There might be that multitasking and you're shifting between the two. Yeah. But my example is always like a 69. It's like, it's hot. It might float your boat. It can be there, but actually for people to really get off it, it it's very difficult because yeah, you, you have to one of them has to take the his foot off the gas it's just which one and then that's decided exactly no i that's a perfect perfect analogy for it and yeah, it's that point of going well okay so in that moment in that moment within the bedroom okay we can then dial it up if that what that's what works for you someone being in a more leadership taking control mode um like in that dominant side of things or you can take it into that oh yeah i'm just going to be led and do you know what the thing is that fear of being led of relaxing of someone taking control being submissive there's so much fear around it but that's what we need to orgasm like that level of surrender, that level of letting go is where we actually get to the point where we're able to experience that peak level of pleasure. So particularly from a female body side of things, we're so used to being so tense that if we're in a place where we're really focusing on someone else, we're going to really struggle reaching or even not even reaching orgasm, just experiencing the amount of pleasure that our bodies are built for. And it's that, so when we start breaking it down and understanding that these energies aren't, again, just they are an incredible woo-woo thing if we go there, but even just from a really basic level of this is how our bodies work, we've got to be, to for a female body, for a feminine energy to be really in that place where you're experiencing the most amount of pleasure, We've got to be in receiving mode. Absolutely. And then what I think a lot of people get confused about it is the fact that giving is actually masculine and receiving is actually feminine. And that gets so lost in this day and age because we watch women constantly 
give and give and give and give and you see it they get resentful because they're not getting anything in return and like i mean that's a whole nother podcast on codependency that we can only just touch on here but you know sometimes it's important to remember for men and women that to give is innately a masculine trait a woman it is for her to receive and once she has received she can give back and that's what keeps the giving and receiving like the toing and froing and keeping everything infinitely you know moving and flowing back and forth but that initial giving is to give is a masculine energy and to receive is a feminine energy and that doesn't mean that only women should receive and only men should give like as you said before we all have traits of both that show themselves all day every day and everything that we do but in any kind of interaction or relational situation like it is that giving and receiving and there has to be an element of both going on otherwise it's just constant like conflict right yeah. um, it's that we see it so often from a place of um there's amazing work by a woman called betty dodson and she does something called um the wheel of consent and it's understanding that when we are um when we're not in that balance giving and receiving we might be in a place where we're taking and allowing and there's there's I'm going to give it a really top level here, but if you're just in a place where you're just allowing stuff to happen to you and you're receiving it, not receiving it, there's the resentment builds up there because you're the one thinking like so often I hear that, Oh, well I've, you know, it's almost that, um, you know, particularly in long-term relationships, you see that duty sex. Oh, I'm going to let him do this to me because it's like, it's what I should be doing and I don't want him going elsewhere. Or, you know, it's like wifely duty or that fucking bullshit. And then you've got someone like, so for example, the husband, then just like giving and trying to do this stuff for the other person. And then you, you're sitting there going, well, I'm doing this for you because I'm letting you do this to me. We've got no energy exchange there and it doesn't feel good. And it's like, this is where we have, I say that, that infinity, that energy exchange, that where you feel good and you pass that feeling on and you receive it and then pass it back that's the same with the sexual energy that's the same with love that's the same with like just even having banter and having a laugh with someone yes. it's all that exchange which makes it fun and enjoyable and if you haven't got that part where it's fun and enjoyable and you're exchanging stuff you're not going to want that again and that's where people's libidos disappear off or it's you know it becomes normal for women to have low libidos because well, we're not actually in a place where we're receiving anything. We're not getting topped up by it. So we're not going to want any more of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you said it there, you know, um, th that list, that idea of kind of like masculine energy and feminine energy. And, you know, that masculine is much more goal driven, externally driven, um, dr driven, purpose driven in general, protecting providing structure, str strategy, uh, planning, order, right? So we've got all of this with the masculine, um, which obviously, you know, we all have elements of that within us, but then that feminine side of it is that it internal, emotional, soft, receptive, being, loving, nurturing, um, 
intuitive flow, wild chaos. Um, you know, mother nature is a woman, right? And she goes ham on us, you know, like (laughs) she'll go crazy, but then she also gives us the most glorious, most beautiful, most stunning and moving, uh, scenes that we'll ever experience. So it is that like wildness of a woman. And, and that is something to, to bear in mind, but also one of the words that you used was surrender. And for me, that's been probably the biggest lesson that I've learned. That was my word for 2020 was Mm -hmm. surrender. Um, I always kind of like have a word that pops into mind for me for the year. And that was Mm -hmm. my word as I really shifted far more into my feminine energy. My life has been very, like I had to have masculine energy to survive as a child. I can remember like that was what got me through. It's what kept me alive. It's what kept me safe. It's what kept me going and got me everywhere that I needed to be. And and that was what I became most comfortable in and where I felt the most safe. But very similarly to you, I was so attracted to men who were driven and charismatic and successful and strong and had all of these things going for them. But then I didn't know how to drop back into my own kind of femininity and it became almost competitive. Um, yeah. And I couldn't figure out why it didn't work. So surrender became like a really huge word for me and something that, um, you know, I made a real realization about. But like you said, in relation to a woman's body and her sexual experiences, being able to actually tap in to her own sexual energy and use it for her own good. Like, I remember hearing you say something once about um, hating it when a man says like, come for me, baby, you know, like, come. And you're like, if it's not for you, that was it. (laughs) It's not for you. And you have actually very little control over whether I'm about to orgasm or not. Like, (laughs) yes, they play a big part in it, obviously, with how they... well, for, you know, for me as a woman, it's actually more about how they make me feel. Yeah. You know, they have, they play a huge part in it, in how they make me feel leading up to that moment about the things that they say to me, the way that they touch me, the way that uh, they make me feel not just um, physically, but also emotionally. Mm -hmm. And then, but like you said, getting over that line is far less about them and far (laughs) more about the woman and her own headspace. Now, I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts in and all of around that. And also from a male perspective, because I think we all know like this stress and um, mental kind of like strain and frustration can take over all of us. And that has a huge impact on people's sex drives and on their sex lives and I, we, I know loads of men who have struggled with that, you know, who can't, I don't like to use the word perform, but you know what I mean? Like they struggle to help, you know, climax themselves because they're so in their heads. Yeah. Like they can't surrender either. So I'm just yeah. wondering, like, I'm asking the question cause I don't know the answer. Like, is that the same for men and women? So, so taking a few steps with back is that, yes, that level of, the reason one of the reasons 
that you know that come for me baby or i'm gonna make you come or yep. this this, this <laughs> stuff yeah. straight away just on a physiological level it is going into what you're doing then is putting pressure on someone you're putting pressure on that woman to perform and it what when we are under pressure to perform it activates our sympathetic nervous system our fight flight as soon as that's activated two things happen our attention is goes to the external our attention because our, our bodies are looking for the external threat so our but our attention goes away from the pleasure that we're experiencing within our bodies so that's part one part two is that the receptors in our brain that pick up our sex hormones um then got get flooded with stress hormones they're the same receptors so if we're under stress the sex hormones aren't going to be doing their their thing so we're literally by putting a level of pressure like that onto a woman or onto anyone really is we're, we're activating the fight flight which is immediately going to turn them off and put us, put us under pressure so that's the the unless you've got a pre-negotiated power dynamic going on that really works for you and that is a turn on for you it isn't going to have a an impact it isn't going to work that's not how female bodies work and that's not how male bodies work and you're exactly right it is that ability to um so from, from the masculine it's that facilitation and it's that doing stuff that helps so i always look at it as like that battery pack of sexual energy and it's like what you're doing is as a feminine energy to start off with if you're playing in that field it is your responsibility to have that connection to yourself first that is the and the biggest and you know you touched on it before from a giving and a service perspective we assume that that's going to be a feminine energy and it's absolutely not it's understanding that the rule 101 with being in your feminine is self-love and self-care and taking responsibility for yourself first and then once and then that's an understanding that your sexual energy is your responsibility like that i hate the conversations oh he couldn't make me come i'm like okay i understand but again you're putting so much pressure to me that's the most disempowering thing in the world i fucking love sexual energy i love orgasms expecting a person with a completely different body to mine to understand and i you know i'm i'm doing some work with step club at the moment so it's like um real female empowerment sexual they have their whole parties their whole uh, events and it's all like female it's all it's for bi curious women it's for understanding about female sexuality and feeling really empowered about it and one of my lines when i'm talking there is like i think all women should sleep with another woman just to understand how different we were you know guys are fairly similar there's always going to be a there's always a range people are into different things there's going to be a um but that range of what works for a guy is, is a lot smaller than what actually work what works for women and expecting well one one of the most enjoyable things in the world giving that to somebody else who hasn't got a body type and has had less education than i have about my body it feels so disempowering yeah. for a start so for me it's like well being in the feminine energy if from a sexual perspective or from any other perspective it's that self-love self-care and bringing the love the spirituality and the sexual energy bringing that to the table and that's when 
that's there ready to go and then that's the thing where it's that the facilitation and the giving of anything is the masculine energy and the doing is the masculine energy but what that is doing is then is like dialing up and releasing what's already there and that's the shift on from like you can't you couldn't make me come or couldn't do this or couldn't do this i'm like oh, no it's your responsibility to understand how your body works it's your responsibility to be able to communicate what works for you it's your responsibility and that's what makes it really good fun coming back on that is then one of the most important statements i've ever read about masculine and feminine and playing in that and then and understanding where you are within yourself as well again this is a really really good way to feel feel into where you're most comfortable and where like you might be more comfortable using your masculine energy and your masculine charge in the workplace and in the bedroom feminine energy or whatever way around that is is understanding and this was so like like prevalent in lockdown <laughs> like it's like for for women or feminine energy to do good they need to feel good first for men or masculine energy they need to do good to feel good so i sit there with my boyfriend and he will get up in the morning and he will just be like head down like it was literally makeshift desk he just moved in just before to but just in, moved into his um house at lockdown so no time to get anything to decorate or anything like that so that's all just starting to happen now and it was that thing of like he'll get up in the morning and there's a piece of cardboard on part of the kitchen that just been installed like and he'll just crack on and he'll have his like get what he needs to do done and then he feels good i'm there like meditating journaling clearing my energy making sure the place looks lovely it's like i've got to have that really good environment for me to then really step into the, the flow of what i'm doing and it's exactly the same when we look at sex and we look at that interaction it's like for women it's like for us to understand like firstly understand that we've got things that turn us on and things that turn us off we've got brakes and accelerators we don't just have this like libido that's like one like accelerator fast forward one dimensional if for any reason we've got any of our brakes on the things that turn us off that accelerator isn't going to work so for women it is that i've got to feel good and that might be having the to-do list done or planned for the next day it's the environment around you it's that like um feeling good about your body having you know taking some time and actually adorning yourself and beautifying like grooming yourself has such an impact it's not just a like grooming has an impact on your um parasympathetic nervous system can actually relaxes you and feels good so you know when we joke about having a pampering session you know i i came back to my flat this week and the first thing i did was like you know change all the bed covers and paint my toenails and like feeling that like just feeling good about myself is the first my first step to just like chilling out and relaxing yeah it's not just that thing i do to look good for somebody else it's about my energy so it's that it's understanding that you as an individual especially from a feminine energy side of things and we also get to take responsibility for communicating that to our partners or you know what our needs are it's like well you know what if i'm if i'm tired if i'm grumpy if i'm stressed out i'm gonna need to do something before i'm gonna get turned on 
and it doesn't matter how high your sex drive is um there's going to be some people that might have like some people that get turned on or see sex as a release when they're stressed out small percentage of the population but even when i've experienced that you're not as connected to your body it's not going to be as effective it's going to be like an like a it's really a box exercise then <laughs> yeah a really poor effort of actually um it's not going to be that fulfilling connection that energy flow that we're craving no. and that's that kind of like you know when you 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 know we all do it ourselves it's like we feel like we have almost like a sneeze of an orgasm or something like that and it's like oh no I, that was freaking worthless wasn't it that is that energy around it so coming bringing everything back yeah like feeling good to do good understanding that like we as women bring the sexual energy we bring the spirituality we bring the love and then it's our responsibility to be able to communicate what we need from there mm -hmm. i love that i absolutely love that it's so true i mean that about the masculine and feminine doing good to feel good and feeling good to do mm -hmm. good like dr pat allen is a an absolute genius when it comes to all this androgyny if you've never heard of her um i would say look her up if you're interested in, in, in you know like any sort of relational advice uh, she's a real interesting woman in her 80s and she's been doing this for over 40 years and she's absolutely nuts but i love her she's great but it's a real it it's funny you know men have to do good to feel good mm -hmm women have to feel good to do good right but isn't that just the perfect marriage yeah right <laughs> you know that we are so that we're complete opposites that way but men have to do good to feel good and doing something that makes you feel good then makes them feel good and vice versa <laughs> right so it actually works out totally perfectly if we can live in those roles and like you said doesn't have to be like sometimes as a woman like if you are more comfortable being in that masculine role it's okay to find a man who has a more feminine side to him like it, it's really just about relation it doesn't it's about having balance within your relationships it doesn't need to be that you fit a certain form or model or whatever it's whatever works for you and and that's really important to just be really accepting of yourself and being self-aware enough and honest enough to then also communicate your needs like you said i mean that's important across the board but obviously from a sexual perspective it's extremely important i mean it's vital you can't have a healthy um happy sex life if neither of you ever communicates about it i mean if you do it's purely by accident and i've never heard of that actually happening so um yet you do have to be able to communicate with one another and have those things i think you know we've we've absolutely smashed all of this like masculine and feminine um energy system when it comes to you know work and relationships and sexuality i suppose bringing it back you know we were talking about you know the myths around sexual relationships around our relationships with ourselves and our bodies um you know women obviously i'm a woman you're a woman so it's hard we don't have a man here to kind of speak for their gender and and how you know this all fits in for them but obviously this is what you're well versed in um 
it's just worthwhile as a woman and for for men as well and if you want your woman to be more adventurous and be more open-minded and be more loving and affectionate it's always worth remembering that unless she feels good she's not going to be able to to bring those things to the table she's not going to be open and receptive to what you're giving and she's not going to have anything to give in return so mm -hmm. like as a, i've been a woman in a relationship where i have felt like mm, no i have nothing to get like i don't want you to touch me i don't want any involvement in that, like anything that he did or said it just wasn't enough because he made me feel bad well no i take that back no one can make you feel anything yeah. but the behavior that was being displayed i wasn't okay with it and it was definitely having a negative impact on how i was feeling um and I tried to communicate it, but just not very effectively, or it was brushed under the carpet, or it would turn into an argument or whatever. And then the more that that happens, the less open and receptive you are, you know, mm -hmm. like the less you feel good. So mm -hmm. you just close down even more. So from a sexual perspective, like you've got to get the other stuff right and on a level playing field and make sure that everything's going well there, otherwise, you know the sex life is gonna suffer isn't it you'll let you might have that crazy mad like makeup sex or whatever but that's real short-lived <laughs> yeah. it's it the thing is what we've got there again and it goes both ways and i think it's that understanding like you know i get called a princess all the time because i'm like and i was like i'm like i remember when i first met my boyfriend he was like oh you're a bit of a princess aren't you and i was like too fucking right it's like, I want someone to look after me. I want someone who's going to take care of me. And it's, it's that understanding that when I am taken care of, I am able to give so much more. And I, the, and what were one of the things that's like, yes. And again, there's so much confusion over this is because it's like, then you, you've got that perception of like, oh, being a spoiled brat and, it just being all about you and all this type of stuff and I was like well actually what happens yeah there will be some people that are like that fair enough and if that that's your responsibility to decide if that's the person that you want in your life or you don't the other side of things is is that when you are being taken care of there's a level of complacency that can happen and it's almost like that thing of and I see it so so much again when I'm working with women in long-term relationships of it's we stop appreciating our partners especially when they've been around for a long time so absolutely yes it is the again masculine responsibility to take care of and like do what they can to um make sure you feel good but it's our responsibility to really fucking appreciate it as oh, well because man. whatever you stop appreciating will just stop it's that it's that simple like you know whether that is the little things like being bought flowers when they're at tesco or it's the you know that cup of coffee in the morning or the little things like making sure you're, you know you're getting picked up and it's like these little things that sound like people always make an effort with at the start of a relationship and they dwindle off but they dwindle off because they're not being appreciated for it 
Yeah, I get that completely. It's that, again, it's that giving and receiving. It's that cycle of going, and on the other side of things, and one of the things that I've, um, again, we spend so much time assuming that our partner is going to know whether that is like where we like to be touched whether that's two o'clock or three o'clock on a clip or whether it's what type of flowers we like or if we fucking hate flowers we assume that our partner is going to automatically understand and it's like well why would someone who's had a completely different upbringing a completely different experience probably dated people before me that were completely different to me and had different wants desires and needs different bodies all of this stuff why would they automatically know what works for me and it's like this thing of like well why wouldn't you tell someone and it doesn't have to be this like militant list of this is what i need this is what i need to do da, 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 da. but having that awareness about yourself about what does really turn you on and what turns you off and what's going to help you feel really good for me it's environment if i haven't got if i've got I'm a messy person. Do not get me wrong. I create, I'm like a little Tasmanian devil when I'm, I'm in a room by myself for any like, like more than three minutes, you're going to come in and there's going to be shit in places. That wasn't not literal shit, but you know, there's piles yeah. of rubbish that's going to be around me. But still it's that understanding that if I'm surrounded by that constantly, it's going to affect my, how I feel. I'm going to feel chaotic. I'm going to feel a little bit stressed out. And they're thick, like the amount of light even for me, I'm like, like my skin is so sensitive. It's like the type of, um, uh, the type of bedding is so important to me. Having like really soft white cotton bed sheets is such a turn on for me because I feel so good in it. It's like, if you look at a scale of zero to 10, you know, for women and zero to 10 on like the orgasm stuff of like turn on and pleasure of like understanding zero is like flat, not like doing the ironing, watching curry or whatever. And 10 is like full orgasm, like really awesome orgasmic level. If I'm starting at a zero every time I hook up with someone or every time I hook up with my partner, it's going to take me like 15 to 45 minutes on average to get to a 10. For guys, it's going to be like closer to like six or seven minutes. So that's, it's understanding that we have so much potential for pleasure and so much like potential for multiple orgasms and all this amazing stuff, but our bodies work in a different way. But we don't then have to wait for, you know, it to be a bit of a neck kiss and a boob squeeze to get us from zero. It's like you can do all this stuff around you that turns you on and that oh. creates that environment and that feels really good. And that is where that to me is where sex education starts is like understanding our bodies are different yeah it's going to take us longer to get there but there's so much stuff we get to do that can get us up to that three and four before we've even started snogging and it's that understanding that these are the things that hasn't have an influence um knowing what it is for you as an individual and being able to communicate that and communicate is so important you hit the nail on the head you know sex really good sex happens without some level of communication first yeah um or sustainable good sex for sure but you've got to know what you're communicating so you've let's... got to know how your body works you've got to know what turns you on and what turns you off and then when you get it it's not a given it's fucking appreciated and when that dynamic starts happening when I've worked with women who've not had sex with their partners for 17 years 
or they're worried because it's all about them and they're just so focused on their partner's pleasure when we just start focusing on how your body works and appreciating what the guy does it flips everything it makes such a difference and it's so easy and then what we then move from is that place of and how you described it before when we're in that masculine energy and we, we feel like we're clashing head all the time that's when we're able to relax that's when we're able to drop into that level of surrender and just allow ourselves not to be responsible for everything around us I'm going to get back into communication because it's communication from a level of in a way that turns you both on. And that is, that's the thing is because we have this so much conflict on, again, this goes right back into um, the perception of what makes a, the cultural perception of masculinity. And part of that, um, and this is going back into Brenny Brown's work is that you know you can as a man you can never show weakness and you have got to please your woman to be a successful man you've got to be able to make her come and like you are responsible for her pleasure and it's it's like it's that flip side of things um so understanding and the equivalent for women is that shame around our bodies and our body shapes so it's that understanding that when we are giving guidance in the bedroom it's the equivalent sort of emotional shame kind of attachment to as if he was talking about your body body shape it's that guttural feeling of it being when you're if you criticize a guy over his sexual prowess or whatever you want to call it you're getting him right in the feels it's going to go a lot deeper than just maybe giving him directions in the car which we always know doesn't necessarily go they don't like that either just so that you know yeah <laughs> so understanding <laughs> that we get to communicate it in a way that feels really good and that is as simple as starting as understanding what turns you on and understanding what doesn't turn you on yeah and using that language of going it's really hot that feels really good it's the positive encouragement mm -hmm. if you criticize someone and whether that's about bedroom skills or leaving wet towels on the floor as soon as you criticize someone if someone i mean what happens if i say to you i turn around and say shah you're wrong immediately you're like no i'm right fuck off yeah i haven't even <laughs> said what it's about yet <laughs> you know part of our brain then goes into fight flight because we think we're under threat and that part of our brain which takes on new information isn't working yeah so if we're criticizing all the time and this is where nagging does not work is that point where we're criticizing and then getting frustrated because the information's not going in, but actually just by criticizing somebody, you're shutting down the part of their brain that can't, that can take the new information on anyway. Yeah. So understanding that there's some sensitivity there and from a, in the same way that if we ask, does my bum look big in this, we want a sensitive response. It's that, it's that equivalent when we're talking about what we want and need in the bedroom and what feels really good. And as I say, it's that language is so much more and, like one of my favorite things to do is like, it's always having that breakdown after sex of what was really good. This is what I really liked. And it actually brings everything to a really nice close and understanding that you get to have that communication of what feels really, what really felt really good and what you might like to try more of. And that's, 
that's what I talk about from a communication perspective. And that's actually exciting, weird and clunky at first when you haven't done it before, but it is something that then becomes part of your sex life. I actually and really that, like the idea of that. I've never tried that before. That sounds maybe not, maybe, maybe I have, but like it's been quite organic that it's happened. Yeah. And it's but like, and that's ever... the thing of, you know, if you're in the first flourishes of, you know, honeymoon period and things like that, these practices kind of just happen or like automatically, or you're having really good sex all the time, or it's all this type of stuff. Um, but actually, particularly when you move out of that, it's the, the official term is limerence. It's, it's literally your whole biochemistry changes when you're in that honeymoon period. You have rose tinted glasses, you're constantly turned on, you're obsessive, nothing else matters. It's, you're an annoying little shit to the rest of the world because you only give a shit about that one person. But once you move out of that, these are the kind of practices that mean that you, you get the longevity you get to maintain that connection you actually get the kind of sex you really want you know people talk to me about desire all the time well you can only desire something you actually want so if you're not aware of how your body works if you're not aware of the type of sex that you like you're not able to communicate that in a way that your partner is then able to receive as well it's of course your libido is going to disappear out the window it's that simple you've got to have something you enjoy to want it i mean it's sad that these conversations have become uncomfortable and scary for people to have because surely if you're in relationship with someone where you've got an in you know an intimate relationship with someone where you are um you know having sex and building a life together that you should have a safe space to be able to talk about those things and it it's sad to me that it in this day and age people are still afraid to kind of have those conversations and that they hold back because you touched on before really the possibilities are endless like it's limitless like what can come from that if you can have those, yeah. it's the same as anything in the world like having those difficult conversations lead to the most incredible places the most beautiful places um we have to be able to normalize it. Like, I know it's not, it's not the same, but we've all, we've brought all this awareness to things like mental health and equality. And we openly talk about all these things that are quite taboo, have been taboo subjects, but sex seems to be still one of those things that either is talked about from a bit of a, I don't even know what the word is, but kind of, you know, people throw it around like it's dirt, like a bit dirty and they just, it's like porn hub and this and that kind of thing, you know, but to actually sit down and talk about something like that from a real intimate level and communicating your needs and your desires, that's like, it's a very vulnerable thing to do. It's a very vulnerable place to be. And it's the kind of conversation that I feel like we should all be able to have with our partners and that's mm -hmm. only going to deepen your connection it's only going to make life so much better between the two of you i feel like it's a must it should go on just like your general communication tick list right i mean absolutely yes and understanding why it doesn't happen has been like massive part of my own journey of like understanding and you hit the nail on the head with vulnerability because when we're talking about sex is you're talking, like, I always, I love the phrase and I need to make a meme of this at some point is like, you can't, you can fake an orgasm, but you can't fake who you are when you're orgasming. 
it's like sex is you at your literal naked raw exposed ugly sweaty face you know there's it's everything about you is there out open on the table so and it's part of our culture is taught us that sex has only got is only acceptable when it looks a certain way it uh, you know for as a woman you know we're taught that it's you know it's dirty disgusting wrong there's something bad there's something shameful about it apart from when you're married and you want to have children and it's a very it's not even subliminal it's like you know we have these conversations i see it on um what was it? it was on love island a few years ago and i was like and you could see it there of that it's that same thing of you you're either that sexual woman or your wife material you know you're not both it's like what is it the um wifey or link is what my boyfriend used to call it and then it was like and it's like that hook you're either the girl you hook up with or you're like girlfriend material wife material and it's like how are these two separate things so there's so much like and it's like well then you're complaining that you've then got into a relationship with a, a woman that's not interested in sex or a woman that yeah. doesn't feel comfortable or rejects that part of herself but it's, but it's that whole thing of um men want a woman who will do anything and be adventurous in bed but that also makes her a slut so he doesn't want to marry her right uh, that, yeah. that I mean, if, if there's a woman listening to this who hasn't had that message shoved down their throat, I'd like to hear back from you because I see that day in, day out, that gets fed, but I hear that kind of crap all the time. And the reality of it is, is that you've got men who, you know, they talk about, they want a woman who will do this and that and be adventurous and stay playful with them and explore and do all of these different things. But if she can do all of those things and is interested in all those things, she's probably a slut and I don't really want to have a relationship with her. So I'll probably just have sex with her for a bit, but then I'm not going to commit. So like they'll play with someone like that, but they won't commit to someone like that. But then they commit to someone who won't do anything like that. And then they have an affair because they aren't willing to have the communication with their partner about what they really want in bed. Why? Like, why? How do you know that your wife doesn't want to do all of those things too? How do you know she's afraid to mention it? Because if she mentions it, you're going to think she's a slut and then you won't want to be married to her anymore. Like, why should a woman have to feel that way? Why should a man have to feel that way? I mean, and this is it. It doesn't, you know, we're talking about it from the male perspective there, but actually, or actually the female's perspective of a male's perspective, but it's yeah. actually, this is the cultural message that we, we are all fed yeah. and it doesn't serve any of us. And this is that point of going, well, what is it I choose? And it's like, well, for me, that I cannot be in a relationship if there's not that level of sexual connection there. And, you know, that's, that's important. And it was up to me to then dial back the shame that I felt that I'd been taught about it. And this is where, particularly for women, being in spaces where the, where people are having conversations that you are reading stuff, you are listening to people, listening to podcasts, listening to getting into Facebook groups, whatever that is, where it becomes normal. Like I've run so many workshops recently and so much of the feedback that I get from women is that we just get to have 
it's so refreshing to have conversations about it that aren't hidden, that aren't embarrassed, that aren't this. And it's like, what this comes down to is if we want to see change within our partnerships and the type of relationships that we are in, whether that's the person we're with now or the type of relationship that we want to get into, it starts from yourself. It starts from understanding that you hold these stories too and that you get to find ways of working through those. Because even on a, whether you want to call it cognitive bias or you want to call it law of attraction, whatever you believe you're going to pull into or you're going to see. So if you're sitting there in a place where and it is a huge part of my journey of releasing that stigma around female sexuality and being a sexual woman. Um, one of my amazing friends, um, a girl called Lucy Rowett in the sex as another sex coach, she calls it being a shameless woman. I'm sh absolutely shameless. And it's like, even that can be triggering because we have that story of what a shameless woman is. Yeah, but women are like, for me, this has been the biggest um, lesson that I've had to learn, you know, that what holds women back is shame. Like it's one of the biggest shame, lack and isolation, yeah. you know, shame, lack and isolation. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm quite happy. I'll be shameless. Yeah, I'm not about to flaunt like my entire life over a podcast. I'm not going to completely expose every last bit. People have to earn certain parts of me. That's just the way it is. However, I'm not ashamed of anything that I've done. Mm -hmm. I might have, I might have self-reflected and thought I would do that differently next time. Mm -hmm. However, everything I've done and everything that I am has made me who I am today. And I just keep growing and getting better. So I'm not, I don't have any shame. Shame is a absolute waste of time emotion. It's like guilt. Guilt and shame are the two most pointless emotions. They're a complete waste of time that will do nothing but hold you back from greatness. So they can just be left. For me, it's that distinction between shame and guilt as well. And this is where shame is the biggest, like, extinguisher to sexual energy that it will literally flatten you and the shame script is that uh, when you are experiencing shame yeah. it is that belief that you are a bad person and that you've not whereas the distinction with guilt is that i've done a bad thing and we have all done stuff in our lives that we wouldn't do again now in hindsight we've yes. all been in places where we've fucked up we've made mistakes we've done these things the narrative we tell ourselves or bad things have happened to us you know it, it, it goes both ways we've given and received you know <laughs> going back to the, the that's what makes the world go round yeah exactly and it's that thing of going such of the narrative around being a woman is that if you're a good enough person bad things won't happen to you when it's quite the opposite of actually the, the, the less tuned into yourself and less tuned into your intuition, your wild side, your ability to stand up for yourself, knowing what's right. That's when you're in a place of power. That's when you're in a place where you're able to judge. Now, this isn't going into shaming anyone on the conversation topic. This isn't about shaming people for being in bad situations, but understanding that when we play that role of that, perception of the feminine that good girl that stays quiet that shuts up is is um, mild and meek and wet and all of that side of things that's when we are able to be taken advantage of so much more yeah. so it's 
understanding that shame is prevalent it's there but it's from the messages that we've been brought up with it's from the beliefs that we've had from our families from our our culture from our friends from our own experiences and actually being able to separate that and then going well okay i'm not a bad person i did might have done a bad thing or i've experienced a bad thing but that doesn't make me a bad person and then being able to grow from that and actually use and this is where you know a huge advocate of therapy and counseling it's not a full stop for me i've started i've done psychosexual therapy i work with a trauma therapist i do all sorts of amazing stuff but with that it's then that that gives me the awareness of where i've come from and that understanding that oh i've picked up patterns in certain behaviors and it gives me a level of awareness of it but then the next stages from that is like well what do i want to do differently how do i actually how do i use this to inform my decisions and it's i love the word transmute it's like well how do i take the the bad experience bad experiences as guidance and use them to fuel who i want to be and where i want to go and that's when sexual energy is so crucial because if you don't have that connection to your internal power source that feel good that um, that never ending supply that's when it feels really difficult to go and do the deep dark work shadow work all of this other stuff all of the excavating and that that transmission into it being a guiding and a positive force in our life comes from that connection to ourselves you know i think you and i could probably talk forever we've <laughs> we done it do. <laughs> before where we've literally spent days together and not shut up so We'll, we'll draw this podcast to a close, but I know that we could talk forever about all kinds of different things. I'm really proud of us and our squirrel brains for staying relatively on track most of the time today, because this is not like a normal conversation. <laughs> um, so we did, and I just can't thank you enough for being on and coming and talking with me and sharing your knowledge and your experience with people. Um, where can people find you if they're wanting to learn more about how to connect with themselves, how to really tap into their own sexual energy um, and their femininity? Okay. Best places to find me is on Instagram and Facebook. And both handles are I am Caroline Darcy. So it's like I'm, but I am not I, I, I am Caroline Darcy, uh, Caroline C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E. D-A-R-C-Y. So, yeah. Amazing. Facebook. I will put the links to you for Instagram and Facebook and all that details in the podcast information as well. So I just want to thank everybody for taking the time to sit down and listen. I hope you got something out of it. Um, if you enjoyed it, please do leave a five-star review for us as it helps us get into the ears of more listeners and help more people. Um, Go ahead and remember to like, follow, subscribe, share with anyone that you think might actually benefit from listening to this, whether it's a man, a woman, a whoever, whatever. Um, and just thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Take care.